Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I always ask you that, and I can hear some of you saying, how do you think we're doing in the midst of this this terrible coronavirus and no mass and everything else? How do you think we're doing? Well, I don't know how you're doing, beloved, but I, I pray at least that you're trusting God and you're at peace in Him because we cannot be walking with God and be... Um, how do I say, not have inner peace at the same time. We can be angry at circumstances, we can be angry at sin, but inside um, our peace comes from knowing that God is in control of all things. I once gave the illustration of um, of a class of students who were asked to draw what was a scenery of, of peace. And people drew, the students beautiful scenery, mountainsides, still lakes, gorgeous uh, fields of flowers, just beautiful. And the one that won the prize painted the picture of a beach, a roaring a roaring sea with a terrible storm, black clouds and uh, thrashing waves and uh, really awful look, terrible and frightening and dangerous. And on the beach was a, a rock, a big one, and it had a uh, kind of a cleft in it. And inside the cleft of the rock was a little bird, a little robin, just all the way tucked in there, just sitting there singing, tweet, tweet, tweet. See, that's the picture of peace. That won the prize. It is calm in the midst of the storm. It is trust in the midst of the storm. And we can go deep into Christ and curl up in him and say tweet in the middle of all things. (laughs) I pray that you will, beloved. And I know that um, many more are getting ill. And I I don't doubt that uh, with the the audience through Station of the Cross and LifeSite News internationally, uh, over 40 million people, I I don't doubt that some of you or some of your loved ones have contracted the virus. We pray for you. And um, let me just give out the message that do not take uh, ibuprofen or it's a little medical advice here, but it's very, very important. Do not take anti-inflammatories um, because it will make the virus 10 times worse. Um Many of the people who have died have had that in their system. It, it makes it spread, uh, it makes you more vulnerable, so no anti-inflammatory um, medicines during this time. Uh, Advil, ibuprofen, all of that. Stay away from them. Um, and, um, and pray. And I've said yesterday that um, I personally believe, beloved, um, that this is God's... Um, penance for us, that it's a warning. Someone 
uh, emailed last week and said, do I think it's a warning shot? I absolutely believe it is. Uh, and I think it's mild next to what can come if we don't repent. I really believe that whoever might not have handled this in the way we think is best, um, whether it's the government, whether it's church officials, whoever it is, the fact is that God has allowed it. And I believe um, it is a chastisement from God. And we need, we've been warned for years, Our Lady's apparitions, the scriptures, uh, so much. We've been warned over and over again, and we've been like the people in Noah's time. You know, what, what flood? What, what? Come on, what? And, um, the earth had existed, and I think in Noah's day, um, a couple of thousand years, he just preceded Abraham, and, um, and so here's another couple of thousand years. Come on. And Jesus said when he comes back, it'll be just like in the days of Noah with people laughing and drinking and eating and saying, what flood? And so here we are. And God in his love, I really believe this, beloved, has sent us this pestilence, this pandemic. However it started, whoever or whatever is to blame, uh political factors, other factors, I don't pay attention to them because it's from God, beloved. And it's a warning to repent and get our lives straightened out. And so um, I think that's our path right now. Regardless of what the bishops do or do not, I think our path is to repent. There's an article that LifeSite News ran just a few days ago, and the title is Virgin Mary foretold a terrible punishment from God if people did not heed her call to repent. And um, uh, under that, a little message, we should not miss the opportunity to obey our Blessed Mother this Lent. It's an an article focused on the apparitions of uh, the Virgin Mary of Akita, Japan, and they're approved by the church. There are just a handful of apparitions that are approved, such as Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lord, Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Akita is one of them, and there are a couple of others. Um, and this is Maria Madis. She is the uh, editor of uh, Calix Marie, a magnificent new publication. Uh, that she began, and she wrote this article for um, LifeSite News based on the prophecies, the messages of Our Lady Akita, and I think they're worth heeding, beloved. Uh, she wrote this on March 31st, just a few days ago, um, and she says, The third secret of Fatima opens with an angel holding a flaming sword in his left hand, flashing, quote, it gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire, but they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated toward him from her right hand, pointing to the earth with his right hand. The angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance, penance, penance. In the first secret, Our Lady had shown the three children a vision of hell. And it was full. I know there are those who teach that there's a quote-unquote reasonable hope. Those words are so awful. They're dangerous. They're damning. A reasonable hope that um, 
no one will be in hell, that everyone will be in heaven. Those are damning words because many people believe them. And Our Lady herself said that heaven was full and she can watch and the children can watch people's souls dropping into heaven like snowflakes. Maria writes, could it really be the case that the need for penance is less acute and the reality of hell, a consequence of unrepented sin, less threatening today than a hundred years ago when the mother of God descended from heaven to inform her children of the urgency to repent? Our Lady told little Jacinta that more sinners go to hell because of sins of impurity than for any other reason. You hear that? Those are the words of Our Lady to Jacinta. How could any priest, any so-called theologian, anyone uh, say differently, contradict Our Lady and say no one goes to hell? We have a reasonable hope. Not so. Absolutely not so. Hell is already filled. And once someone is in hell, uh, it's not filled to the brim, but it already has many, many souls. Um... Today, many of these sins are state policy of the most powerful nations, and smaller nations, too, have followed suit. In once Catholic Ireland, abortion and same-sex marriage, marriage in quotes, there's no such thing as same-sex marriage, um, two of the four sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance are enshrined in the Constitution in Ireland. In Ireland, you hear that? Um, the, the country that brought us to faith, now abortion and so-called same-sex marriage are enshrined in its constitution. It's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. I cannot imagine what St. Patrick is going through. This is the same constitution that in its preamble still invokes the protection of the Most Holy Trinity. Can you imagine? How can we protect? invoke the protection of the Most Holy Trinity when we're murdering babies by the millions. And we are um, um, opposing God at every, every step. More children, she writes, have died worldwide through legal abortion than people killed in all the wars of recorded human history. Maria said, in my home country, which is Estonia, more people have been killed by abortion since 1955 than our living population today. Oh, these figures are just astounding. And throughout the world, countless children are being corrupted by school sex education, often with the placid of Catholic bishops. These programs destroy the innocence of children, groom them for the porn, contraception, or abortion industry, and teach them to question whether God has created them a boy or a girl. It, you know, it's, it's to me, still horrifying, I'm a goosebump, that I could be reading these things to you, let alone reading what is accurate today. A science fiction I'm reading to you, but it's it's the it's accurate of today. It's our society today. It's unthinkable, amazing, beloved. There's the music for our break. Call in with anything on your heart. We'll take your calls at the half hour break. We'll be right back. 
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We've been reading an article um, that appeared in LifeSite News just a few days ago um, in their opinion section, actually, and it's titled, Virgin Mary Foretold a Terrible Punishment from God if People Did Not Heed Her Call to Repent. And terrible punishment is put in quotes because that's what Our Lady said it was. And um, this is Our Lady of Akita, whose uh, apparition has been approved by the church. So we read um, uh, a bit of it that Our Lady told us that we must repent. And if not, a greater punishment will come upon us. And so I personally believe, beloved, that this entire coronavirus um, is our Lord's chastisement. I absolutely believe that, that he has allowed it, for not for our death, Um, He's not pleased with the death of sinners. He's pleased with their repentance, that we would repent, turn from our wicked ways, and come to him. And many people say, well, got nothing to do with me. I'm Catholic. I go to church Sundays. I've always done that. I haven't committed murder. But who have you given the gospel to? And uh, there's so many uh, other things uh, we have sins of um, commission and omission. 
Um, I mentioned one woman once. Uh, every time I went to our adoration chapel, she was there. She was there for hours every day. And she would follow me out of the adoration chapel when I was walking out. And she was wanted to talk for a few minutes. The language... And the attitude that came from her mouth, which is straight from her heart, was foul, absolutely foul. I I thought, how on earth can you spend hours in the Adoration Chapel every day, pray the rosary through that time, a lot of, she had a whole book of prayers, and then have such a an awful, gossipy, sinful mind and heart. Uh, it's just awful. It's just awful. I, I can't know what her accountability is, beloved. But we need to be Catholic, not just in deed, but in heart as well. Uh, Maria Madis, as she writes this article, quotes it, uh, a verse from Isaiah chapter 1. Ah, sinful nation. Now, at the moment, he's speaking with Israel, but it applies to us. Ah, sinful nation. A people loaded with guilt a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. God is speaking to Israel through Isaiah and through the same verse, speaking to America and Ireland and every other nation. Maria says, and we might ask, before they came to an abrupt halt, how many of the sacrilegious and irreverent before they, the masses of today, how many of the sacrilegious and irreverent masses which Catholics today accept with casual indifference are really an affront to God that surpasses even the atrocities just mentioned? You see, I agree with that. I agree with that, beloved. What would our Blessed Mother say now? Would it still be sufficient to pray the rosary and keep the first Saturdays in honor of her Immaculate Heart to make reparation? We don't know that. But we do know that this lighter penance of 1917 has not been tried, at least not as a society, and not with the devotion that corresponds to the seriousness of the offenses. And Our Lady's specific request to prevent God's punishment, that is, the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart, is still waiting to be done according to her explicit instructions. Now, I know there's a debate on that, beloved, whether it's been done or not. Um, Pope John Paul Uh, consecrated the world to her Immaculate Heart. Russia was not mentioned, and it wasn't done in union with all the bishops of the world, which is Our Lady's instructions. In Akita, in 1973, Our Lady appeared again. What she had to say echoed her message in Fatima. If you look at all Our Lady's apparitions, beloved, you'll see that they're consistent. They say the same thing. Like a patient mother who repeats her instructions over and over again because they have not been listened to or uh, have been followed badly. The church will be full of those who accept compromises, she said. And because, that's Our Lady said that in Akita. Um, And because of that, if men, quote, I'm quoting Our Lady here, if men do not repent and better themselves, God will inflict 
a terrible punishment on all humanity, such as one will never have been seen before. There will be fire falling from the skies. Now, beloved, what we're going through now is not that punishment yet. And so, if we don't heed this very serious warning, um, there's more to come. And uh, Our Lady said good and bad will perish together. The good and the bad and those who survive will wish they were dead. And someone will say, as someone did say to me the other day, what kind of God would send these things? The God who loved us. There's only one God. It's the God who loved us and gave himself for us. We are on our way to hell. A great part of the world is, and a great part of those who call themselves the people of God. Um, And we don't listen to God no matter what it is. No matter what it is, we turn from him and we go our wicked ways like his people Israel did, and we have grace that they never had. And so God sends us plagues and warnings. And this plague, I think, is extremely minor to what will happen if we don't repent from this. If sins increase in number and gravity, Our Lady said, there will will be no longer pardon for them. Sins have increased in number and gravity. In fact, our political and worse ecclesiastical bodies have become so imbued with sin and heresy that it does not require any special insight to see that if there ever was a time when chastisement was deserved, that time is now. Whether or not the unprecedented events that are now our daily reality from the lockdown of nations to the suppression of public masses by the order of Catholic bishops amount to a chastisement cannot yet be verified. As Catholics, we consider the locked church doors more apocalyptic than devastating than the devastating human suffering no matter how close no matter how painful as catholics what we are experiencing this lent is an eclipse of the sun a good friday prolonged until god only knows when but as catholics leaving aside the question of whether the reaction to the chinese virus is proportionate to the threat or not, we know that it would not be inappropriate to respond to it as a chastisement. And by doing so, we would render our Blessed Mother the obedience in fulfilling her requests so long overdue. Our sins are the fruit of the same tree. There is no distancing from the sins we have committed as God's people because we are the members of one body. You can say, not me, I live by myself, I don't do anything. Well, if you're Catholic, you're part of the body, and one member affects all. You cannot be excused. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Um, We're sinners. She's quoting Luke 13. Thank you. Sorry, think you that these, this is, these are our Lord's words, think you that these Galileans were sinners above all the men of Galilee because they suffered such things? No, I say to you, but unless you shall do penance, you shall all likewise perish. Indeed, 
Maria goes on, the good and the bad will perish unless men repent and better themselves. And so the guilty and the just will get sick, lose their livelihoods, and suffer the myriad of difficulties the current crisis presents for social and family life. Even if we have our doubts about the origin of the crisis, the effects of it cannot be downplayed. And even if by God's grace we do not deserve this trial for our personal sins, we do for collective ones. It's very difficult to impress upon us in America that God uh, chastises us as a people, as a collective. Very difficult. Israel was a people, and they are. They're called as a people, and God uh, saved them as a people. He chastised them as a people. He dealt with them as a people, and what one did affected the entire nation, and they knew it. But we are so individualistic in America. Such pluralism abounds, such independence, such blindness and ignorance. We don't see ourselves that way. We are just independent. I've got nothing to do with them, but we're wrong. God will chastise us as a people. And if my body is sick, every member of my body feels it. I alone, um, Our Lady of Akita said, I alone am able still to save you from the calamities which approach. Our Lady said in Akita, not because she is the most powerful, but perhaps she alone still has the compassion to listen when men who have offended God so grievously will finally wake up. Children know instinctively that when things are very bad, it is their mother they must run to. Um, uh, God had given Catholics three gifts, the Pope, uh, the Mass, and Our Lady, the Pope, the Mass, and Our Lady. When the Pope no longer fulfills, um, I'm quoting here, when, when the Pope no longer fulfills his role, he is no longer a source of joy for us. Um, this was said some years back. And now priests can no longer offer Masses publicly in many places for an indefinite period. But whatever happens, we will always have our Blessed Mother. The more we enter into our enforced desert this Lent, the brighter her role becomes. She is the model of the Church. She who is now suffering at the hands of many of those who should be the first to protect her honor. Her passion reflects the passion of her Son. And just as when she stood, pierced with grief, at the foot of the cross... Perhaps we are asked to imitate her in standing by her in her passion now. This is not a passive resignation, beloved. This was not at all her attitude on Calvary. It wasn't passive. She didn't stand there and say, I'm not part of this. I'm not at fault. No way. No way, beloved. And she wasn't. And the world killed her innocent son. We'll be right back, right after the break. Call in with anything on your heart, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Questions about your faith life and the life of your family? Ask Mother Miriam each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern when the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live, a program to inspire you and offer solutions to many of life's challenges. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam with some very exciting news. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. If you are not able to watch the live stream, you'll still be able to listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate on the iCast. Catholic Radio mobile app or at thestationofthecross.com. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Oh my goodness, it looks like we are having a problem with the camera and the live stream. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, I will, uh, let me begin to take your emails, beloved. We'll be, um, uh, the, the audio hasn't gone out. We'll, we'll try to do something with it during the next break. Um, we have an email from Mary, and Mary writes, Mother Miriam, last week I listened to a call from a woman who asked, quote, if a person lived a moral life and did good works, etc., but had a mortal sin, would she still have grace, uh, her prayers answered, or recourse to God? As I heard, your answer was, no, that God turns away from us, and we would not have grace nor God. Oh, my goodness. I never said such a thing. I never said such a thing. My point was um, that while you're in mortal sin, 
uh, God is waiting for your penance. You, you, to be more, the word mortal means death, dead. And so if you're dead, if a person is, if, if you have a dead corpse before you, stick a pin in him or her, and there's no response. Death is an inability resp- to respond to life. When we commit mortal sin, we die spiritually. We, by our own choice, cut ourselves off from the life of God. That's what grace is, the life of God in us. We turn from God through mortal sin, and we um, uh, and we are cut off from the grace of God. So no, we don't have the grace of God, and we have no right to ask him anything in prayer except first to come and repent that we can be forgiven. She goes on to say, this is wrong. Well, it's wrong the way you put it. It's not wrong, but... Uh, it very often happens, beloved, that people tell me what I've said, but they're not quoting what I've said, and they're they're putting it in their own words the way they've heard it. I trust it's the way they've heard it, with their own perspective and emotions, but it's not what I said, so... Um, kind of you're fighting a straw man here. She says, I know many who in mortal sin... Uh, hold on a moment, just a second, I get back to what I was reading. Hold on a minute. Um, I know many who in mortal sin and through prayer would turn back to the church and repent it. Well, that's exactly what needs to happen. Uh, God will hear the prayers of a repentant sinner. If you're Catholic, you must go to a priest um, to have mortal sin forgiven. And if you cannot get to a priest, uh, you must make an act of perfect contrition. Um She says, I was taught no matter where we are, God is merciful. That's true. God doesn't change and loves us wherever we are. That's true. Uh, He loves those who went to hell. I I can't play around with this. He loves every soul in hell. He died for every soul in hell, but they went to hell because they were unrepentant. She says, I was upset and distraught hearing that God's love is conditional. It's not conditional. He died for us while we were yet sinners. What we put him on the cross, he died for us. It's unconditional love. And if we commit a mortal sin, God does not love us sin less, but he gives us the freedom of free will. And we will be in hell if we don't repent. His love is still unconditional. Uh, he doesn't love us because we are perfect. He loves us because he's a God of love. But if we choose to turn from him utterly, he's going to give us our choice. And she says, God's love is not conditional. And I know firsthand, God loves the sinner and hates the sin. You're absolutely right. He's merciful. His love is unconditional. He loves the sinner and he hates the sin. But if the sinner turns from him mortally, cuts herself off from God, the only thing before her or him is hell apart from true repentance. And she says, our job as Catholics is to pass the good news and bring hope. Well, that's exactly what we do. Someone is in mortal sin. The good news, beloved, is that God died for you. No matter how great your sin, there is no sin. Mother Angelic used to say this a lot. There is no sin greater than the mercy of God. But it takes our repentance. The good news is God will always receive back a penitent sinner like the prodigal son, but we need to be penitent and come to him and repent. He can't say, I love you so much, don't worry about it. No way. 
ultimate, otherwise he wouldn't have put his son to death. If sin, mortal sin, were not serious, why did God put his own son to death in our place? It's pretty serious. And she says, ultimately, God is love. That's correct. And we ought to emulate that or start there. Absolutely. I did not hear it, and I bet that woman cried after that call. I don't know now. I don't quite recall that. So hopeless and void. I don't even know if it was the woman who was in mortal sin. I think it was someone she knew that she was calling about. So hopeless and void of anything. I wonder why so many are not returning to faith. Yours in Christ, Mary. You might be mine in Christ, Mary, but you've, you've got to understand who God is. You will never know the um, the depth of God's love unless you understand the depth of sin and that it was sin that killed the Savior. Not mercy. It was mercy that let us off the hook because we deserve that death. And you see, the good news is that God does not give us the death we do deserve. He gives us the forgiveness and the life that we do not deserve. Um, again, as long as, as we repent, we must repent. Um, okay. Uh, we have an email from Luke in Ireland. Uh, and Luke says, Hello, Mother. I have been a regular viewer of your program for a few months now. I don't know what godly force brought me to your Facebook show, uh, but I have a question for you. Great, Luke. I wonder, didn't we read this? Uh, uh, Hold on a moment. Okay, um... I don't know if we did or not, but it's important. Let me let me read it again. Um, I've been a regular view of your program for a few months now. I don't know what godly force brought me to your Facebook show, but I have a question for you. Due to recent closures in Mass and Confession, I was wondering if a mortal sin was actually so, if you did not know it was mortal or even a sin in the first place as I have accidentally committed mortal sin in the past while not realizing it was mortal in the first place. Okay, Um, I'm going to stop right there in the middle of your email, Luke, to say, if you don't know it's mortal, it's not mortal. You did not commit mortal sin. You committed grave sin, serious sin, but it wasn't mortal. It wasn't death to your soul. Um, in order for a grave sin to be mortal, you have to know it. Three conditions. It must be grave. That is very serious. It must, um, uh, you must have been, uh, aware that it was, was grave like that. You must have been, you, you had to be in, in a right state of mind. In other words, you weren't completely drunk or, or, in a, in a whatever other state of mind. You needed to be, uh, it needs to be grave. You need to be, uh, have a, been able to do an act of free will, knowing that it was grave, um, and knowing you'd cut yourself off from God, and you did it anyway, of your free choice. That is what mortal sin is. If you did not know it was mortal sin, or you said even a sin in the first place, um, it's not mortal, beloved. It's grave, and you need to confess it, but you have not cut yourself off from God. 
um, he goes on to say, I have only found out that my sin was mortal a few days ago. Let me correct you now on that word. You found out that your sin was serious, was grave a few days ago. It was not mortal because you didn't know. And he says, my parish has been closed due to coronavirus for two weeks now, so I have no way to confess. I have no way to contact the priest or anyone else who can forgive me of my grave sin. Well, um, I, I know some priests in Ireland, and I cannot imagine, Luke, that they would not see you or somehow uh, have you come into the parking lot and um, confess your sin. I, I can't even imagine that. Um, call every church around. I don't know what part of Ireland you are. I might be able to suggest something to you. Call every church around and um, uh, call bishops, call people and ask if they will hear your your confession. But other than that, again, you're not in mortal sin, and you can make an act of contrition and try to make it as perfect as you can. Uh, Luke says, I have discovered a thing called online confession or e-confession, only to realize that it's completely useless and potentially harmful because Catholic canon law states, and he goes, he's correct, um, And I'll read it because some people are fighting this. Canon 960, individual and integral confession uh, and absolution constitute the only ordinary means by which a member of the faithful conscience of grave sin, conscious of grave sin, is reconciled with God and the church. Only physical or moral impossibility excuses from confession of this type. In such a case, reconciliation can be obtained by other means. And I'll give the one of them, of course, is, is a good act of contrition. Um, but it's, it's wrong. Nobody can be confessed online or e-confession or even on their cell phone. You cannot. Um, I saw one incident of a priest who set up a confessional in the parking lot and the cars would drive by. And when each car came parallel with the priest, the priest and the person were on their cell phones looking at each other only so that they could hear each other because they were too far apart to shout. That's different. That's still face to face. Uh, Canon 964 says the proper place to hear sacramental confessions is a church or oratory. Regards, um, another point regards norms for the confessional. Um, confessions are not to be heard outside of a confessional without a just cause. Well, we certainly have a just cause now, but it still needs to be um, face-to-face with a priest, even if you're at a distance. And then Luke goes on to say, I am 13 years old. My goodness, Luke, 13 years old and not at much risk of any fatal harm. Don't say that. We have no idea. Uh, our age will never determine our risk of fatal harm, Luke. Uh, don't Don't be confident in that. But I still wonder if I am, you may not be at risk of, uh, of dying from old age, but you're just as much at risk of fatal harm as anybody else, dear one. Um, But I still wonder if I am to leave my eternal fate up to what the D, what the deems as safe, because there is no government religion, a little, little awkward here. There's only superstores, pharmacies open here in Ireland. The parishes are open for perpetual adoration. That's fantastic. 
That's fantastic. We don't have that here, but not mass. God bless you. And all of the fearless work that you do online and at conferences, Luke. You're an amazing young man, Luke. Um, well, we're suffering that all over. Supermarkets are open. Um, pharmacies are open. Thank God for that. Uh, the, the most horror of all is abortion clinics are open. Planned Parenthood is open. It, it's, it's, but churches are closed. It's, it's so unthinkable. But Luke, um, you're absolutely right, beloved. Live your faith. Be holy. And call until you find a priest who will hear your confession or get on your knees before God, before a crucifix, probably you have one in your room, and tell God how sorry you are. And again, you didn't know it was mortal, you didn't even know it was sin. Don't live with the guilt of that. Know that our Lord will forgive you when you come to him, Luke. God bless you, and we'll be right back, everyone, after the break. Don't go away. Our toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu Ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Are you ready for full contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics. Spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Welcome. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hello, beloved. Uh, welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and um, uh, we will take your calls and emails and your texts. Uh, we have a f- our lines are wide open, and we have just a few minutes left. At the toll free number one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. We have an email from Jolene, and she says, "What does it mean in the Apostle?" Creed, when it says he descended into hell. Oh dear. Um, hold on just a moment. Um, he descended to, um, in the Old Testament, what is called Sheol. It's the waiting place of the dead. And, um, hell has three different names and three different parts or meanings. Um, and, uh, hang on a second. Let me just. Hold on one minute. Um, here we go. All right, I want to get you a more. And so you can see in many of the, um, in many of the, uh, much of the artwork, uh, Jesus descended to um, announce to all those who were waiting uh, in Sheol um, uh, that he won the victory on the cross. Um His descent into hell, now I can read you something a little more responsible, right from the Catechism. Jesus' descent into hell means that he sojourned in the realm of the dead prior to his resurrection. He died, he descended into hell, but it's the realm of the dead. It's not the eternal hell that the unrepentant will suffer. It's the Catechism number 632. Like all men, Jesus experienced death, and thus his soul joined others in this realm. But as the Catechism points out, he descended there as Savior. I'm quoting from Scripture in the Catechism, beloved. And he preached the good news to the spirits imprisoned there. Um, Does this mean that Jesus descended into hell to deliver the damned? No, no, no. Does this mean that Jesus destroyed the hell of damnation? No. Scripture, Scripture often uses the term hell... In, in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, you'll see it in many of the Psalms, it's Sheol, and in Greek, it's Hades, to refer to the abode of the dead, which consisted of both the righteous and the unrighteous who were deprived of the vision of God. Um, so, uh, okay, um, it is, uh, let me just read a couple, two more things here. It doesn't mean that the experience of that realm was identical. Jesus made this clear in his parable of the poor man and Lazarus. The Jews affectionately referred to the righteous abode as Abraham's bosom. It is these spirits to whom Jesus preached the good news that was the righteous dead in Abraham's bosom. It is precisely these souls, the Catechism says, who awaited their Savior in Abraham's bosom, who Christ the Lord delivered when he descended into hell. All right, that may not be real clear to you, but you can um, read the Catechism and um, 
And I, I often recommend what, what I think is the greatest Catholic site in the world, catholic.com, for apologetics, for an explanation of every facet of the faith. Um, okay. Uh, we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother. I heard you talking about Catholics receiving communion at a wedding. I need to know your opinion about this situation. Now, before I give out the situation... I want to to say here that we apparently uh apparently the camera is off. I don't know how that happened beloved, but it looks like at the moment um that it may not the program may not being live streamed may not be being live streamed. Um I'm trying to do what I can from my end and it will not connect. So I don't know the problem. We had difficult. We've had difficulties on both ends, um, but I think uh, it is being live streamed. But it's not up before you now, so I think you'll get the full program live streamed later. Um, this anonymous dear soul writes, "Hello, mother. I heard you talking about Catholics receiving communion at a wedding. I need to know your opinion about this situation. My son married a girl whose family is Catholic." But his wife has two sisters who are lesbians. All right, my son, whose family is Catholic. Oh, this is confusing here. My son married a girl whose family is Catholic, but his wife has two sisters. I'm guessing the father of the girl's wife has two sisters who are lesbians. They were in the wedding. It was a Catholic wedding. Both girls received communion at the wedding. Their parents are aware and know they are lesbians. This took place six years ago. Since then, both girls have married their partners. One couple even had IVF and had a little boy. Boy, this is is one sin on top of another. The parents of these girls are extraordinary ministers. I'm sick at heart for the family. I've talked to my son about all of this. He says he has to support his life, his wife, who loves her sisters. My question is, have I committed a sin of omission by not saying anything to the parents, or is this none of my business? Thank you for your opinion. Blessings. Um, Well, I think we do commit the sin of omission when we keep silent. Yes. It is your business because you are married to the daughter of those parents. Um, and the husband's sisters would be your sisters-in-law. Uh, the husband's sisters would be your aunts, I guess. Um, so yes, uh, you'd need to say something. And, um, if, you know, you say you, you love your wife, um, and your wife loves her sisters, um, It's confusing here what relatives are here because of the pronouns used, but um, we need to help people know that love doesn't send people to hell. Love does not cover over grave, grave sins. And so the only loving thing to do is say, go straight to the sisters and say, we love you, but we, we, we can't support you in this. We cannot invite you over to our home and we not go, we cannot come to you. The only time we can get together, dear ones, is if you truly want to know and return to God. Otherwise, you can't do it. 
can't be present for anything, including the baptism of their baby. You must not. But you you need to speak with them face-to-face and with broken hearts so they know you're not uh, arrogant Catholics. Um, and you need to tell them how absolutely hard this is for you. Your parents who are Eucharistic ministers... Uh, I can't comment on that because Eucharistic Extraordinary Ministers are allowed, and uh, I can't comment on that. You can go to your parents, but I wouldn't do that. Uh, I would go to your sisters. I would go to the where the problem is and see if you can help them and not even speak to the parents about them. Unless, again, there's an occasion, again, like the wedding, then you should have gone. So... Not easy things, but um, we need faithful of the wounds of a friend. Uh, we need, you know, if the surgeon's going to cure the person on her way to death, he needs to cut out the disease, and that hurts. He needs to dig deep, and we need to do the same with sin, or we have eternal eternity before us, not just... Um, uh, living 50 more years on life but all of eternity we must not keep silent we must speak the truth in love but we must speak the truth and hold nothing back from god god bless you beloved uh have a wonderful weekend it's first friday of the month tomorrow's first saturday god bless you and we'll be with you on monday